Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I want to continue a little series I started kind of responding to the culture. Now, in this case, I want to speak to you about uh, homosexuality and transgenderism. Now, the culture, when we're talking about responding to the culture, basically we're talking about social norms, customs, traditions, lifestyle, way of life, society's values or morals. Okay, we don't want to uh, fall prey to any deceptions regarding these things that society promotes. So. A Gallup poll published in October 2012 by the Williams Institute reported that 3.4% of U.S. adults identify as homosexual, bisexual, or transgender. Then, in February 2021, another Gallup poll reports that 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as homosexual, bisexual, or transgender. In less than nine years, if these polls are accurate, more people are being turned to these deceptions, these deceptive lifestyles. The growth is about 2.2% in a less than but about nine years. This is a concern for us because the world wants to push these behaviors and lifestyles as normal. You know, society promotes them as happy, wonderful alternatives. But we know what God says about these practices. In Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And then if we look at Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Plainly stated, homosexuality is a sin. But notice that God is always warning us about these things for our own well-being. It's not arbitrary. It is to keep us safe. It is to help us. And it is for our benefit. You know, just looking at the physical, there are a number of sexually transmitted diseases which are furthered by immoral sexual practices. You know, and that's just the physical aspect. And that's all immoral sexual practices, not just these. So I'm not just trying to pick on this, but that's as an example. We also know that abnormal behavior such as homosexuality is not mentally and emotionally healthy. We know it is a mental illness or disorder. It was listed in the American Psychiatric Association, the APA. It was listed in their Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, or DSM. Now, their manual, um, this is a manual that they use. It's a standard classification of mental disorders, and it's used by health workers in the U.S. and in other countries. Okay. Homosexuality was listed as a mental disorder until it was removed in 1974. Now, it was not removed due to any new scientific evidence or, or any breakthrough. It was removed because homosexuals were protesting. Now, if we think about this, 
just logically, if thieves or murderers were protesting going to jail, would we really pay that much attention? And if that's too harsh a comparison, let's think about it this way. If, if mentally ill people protest enough, should we just let them go on being ill? Should we just ignore the fact that they are ill? Because that was the end result here. Suddenly, they were all cured because the problem no longer existed. It was removed from the book. Now, to us, this seems unthinkable, but that is what happened. The APA, the American Psychiatric Association, allowed you know, mentally ill or emotionally disturbed people to dictate that they are, in fact, normal. Now, this is a medical body, which, and they should have been following, you know, science, but they didn't. And ever since then, society has decided to go along. Slowly but surely, these practices have been accepted more and more. So basically, society is allowing mental and emotional illness to deceive people. And this is a form of evil, and it wants to indoctrinate children and brainwash us to accept these practices. But see what God says about these things here. Um, he warned the children of Israel not to fall for these or other immoral practices. Now this is in Leviticus chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. Now this chapter has a lot of different immoral practices listed that they should not do, and homosexuality was one of them. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and perform them, that the land where I am bringing you to dwell may not vomit you out. And you shall not walk in the statutes of the nation which I am casting out before you, for they commit all these things, and therefore I abhor them. So there's all these things that these people were doing. And that's why, you know, God abhorred them. Now, these practices have been going on for thousands of years. We know of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, also here, these people that were inhabiting the promised, the promised land before the children of Israel, you know, they practiced a lot of these things. So homosexuality is, you know, it's pretty cut and dried. We know it's wrong and it's unhealthy for uh, the person. We should know it is mentally and emotionally degrading as well. You know, suicide rates for homosexuals is over 13 times higher than for other people. Now, this is according to the National Library of Medicine at PubMed.gov. And it's very concerning that this this mental and emotional illness is allowed to continue and grow, and that society has actually granted them legal marriage and thus approval. You know, they will never have true godly marriage, but they have this perverted form of it. Society is now to the point that just by agreeing with God's word, I could be labeled a hater and a bigot. And it's because they do not understand. For now, let's move on and discuss transgenderism. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, the Olympic athlete, is the main poster man for this movement. The problem with this issue is that it has its roots in 
mental and emotional illness, as well as homosexuality, and as well as deceit. In the past, it was called gender identity disorder, and the medical community focused on helping people to cope with and accept themselves as they are, meaning being male or female as they were born, they tried to help them accept who and what they were. The new term, gender dysphoria, has replaced that disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that we mentioned earlier as of 2013. Now, this gender dysphoria is to only help transgender people who feel distress or anxiety over their gender or sex. The new term is really just a cover. It gives them a diagnosis so that then they can receive hormonal treatments and plastic surgery that they want. Now again, we know what God has said about this. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now this verse is not really about just wearing like the wrong clothes. For instance, like we could have a t-shirt that both Kim and I like, and we would share and maybe wear at different times. That's really not what this is talking about. That would not be the issue. Doing uh, a silly costume party where people dress up as the uh, opposite sex just to be silly. Again, that is not really the issue. That's not what we're really concerned with here with this verse. But when adults are cross-dressing to portray themselves as the opposite sex, then we have a problem. And this is rooted in deceit. For them personally, it is an emotional or mental issue, but it's also a lie to pretend and try to convince others you are something you are not. We even have laws about such things. You can't impersonate a policeman or a lawyer or a doctor. It's a crime if you impersonate one of those in an official capacity. Now, scam artists often do that, and that's why we call them scam artists and why a lot of times they end up going to jail. It's illegal. Now, I don't think we need a law for transgender people. Usually, it's easy to tell. But we do need to identify the issue. And, and the actual issue with this deceit is really just that society no longer sees it as a mental health issue. They enable this behavior, and that is harmful to the person. So how is it harmful? Okay, now to understand how it's harmful, we have to look at uh, the way things are. What makes us male or female goes beyond just physical appearances. Someone may be born with a physical disfigurement and yet be perfectly healthy otherwise. And on rare occasions, a child may be born and they may have physical, uh, visibly physical issues with determining sex just meaning that things, you know, don't look right. It's rare, but it does happen. However, DNA does determine and tell us what sex we are. It is the blueprint or roadmap that determines our development into men and women as children grow up. And we do not have the technology to change that. 
According to Scientific American, we do not fully understand DNA and how it all works, even though some claim or make claims that we do, but we don't. If we did, then changing this might not even be a big issue. But, back to how it's harmful, due to society's encouragement, the transgender person, due to their mental and emotional illness, they are forced to undergo hormonal and surgical treatments to change themselves into the appearance of what they are not. Now, I just mean they do that to themselves because they believe that's what they should do. So, they want to achieve this appearance of what they are not. Because they are told you can be anything you want, instead of being told the truth. If we look at Job 31, chapter 31, verse 15, Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one fashion us in the womb? And here, Job is speaking of the fact that we are all made by God in the womb. We are born a certain way, and there is no choice. If we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus uses this example as a representation of things that we do not control, and we should not agonize or be anxious over them. They are something that we just have to accept. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So in other words, how can we, you know, make ourselves taller just by worrying about it? We can't. We have no say over how we were born, how tall we're going to be, what our basic physical characteristics will be, such as sex or height. Either way, we don't have any say over that. Unfortunately, these people... Um, they torture themselves, and I mean, you know, transgen- transgender people uh, torture themselves, they maim and scar themselves, and they're trying to obtain a goal they will never achieve. A man might be able to give himself the appearance of a woman, but he will never be a woman. And the same for a woman, she may get that appearance, but she will never be a man. So they end up doing damage to themselves. A lot of times it's irreparable damage. Some things just can't be undone. And again, this group of people, these transgender people who are deceived and enabled by society and the media, they commit suicide at an alarming rate. One study from the American Academy of Pediatrics reported on this. um, Among non-binary youth, now this is young people who claim to be transgender Uh, homosexual or bisexual, 41.8% stated that they had attempted suicide at some point in their lives. So almost 42 out of 100 of these people said, yeah, I've I've attempted suicide. How many were successful that we never hear of and we don't know about because their mental and emotional problem is not really being treated? Now, this was published by the Human Rights Campaign in 2018. Um, these people, the Human Rights Campaign, they seem to support this uh, lifestyle in a way, but at the same time, they do report on these issues. This is a big issue. So now we get down to the crux of the matter. In both cases, these people, homosexuals, transgender, they are led to believe a lie. They are told homosexuality is normal, it's healthy, and it's okay. 
when they should be taught with care and love that what they want to do is wrong and immoral. They should be taught like we would teach anyone with incorrect and immoral desires. They need acceptance as a flawed human being, because that's what we all are, but then they need help. We can accept someone is a thief or a liar or even a murderer, but we can't just allow them to continue in those harmful actions. And you can't let people who are sick, who are ill with a mental or emotional issue, determine that they themselves are healthy or normal. That's just not the way it works. This is harmful and abnormal behavior, and it is not for their own good. If we look back at Romans chapter 1, verse 27, we looked at this earlier. If we just look at the tail end of this uh, verse again, receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. If we look at that, the translation of that, notice the penalty is due. Now, one meaning of the word here is that the penalty is required. It is a must. It is necessary. Now, as Christians, we do not want anyone to receive the penalty or judgment that they are due. Just as we have escaped such judgment through the blood of Christ, we want that for everyone. We want everyone to receive the blood of Christ rather than the penalty or judgment. Now, the lie for transgenderism is different. It's that they are actually a woman in a man's body, or they are a man in a woman's body. And this is nonsense, of course. Our, our body is whatever sex it is. Spiritually speaking, the sex is not that important. However, to live a good, healthy, and normal life, we must accept the body we are given. It is a blessing from God. It is the vehicle we have on this earth. We should maintain it with care. I was born a male, thus I am a man. My wife was born a female, and thus she is a woman. Only she could be a mother, because only women give birth. I could never do that. It is physically impossible. A he cannot be a she, and a she cannot be a he. It's just not anything that we can make happen. So, Caitlyn Jenner, even though he changed his name, is still a he. He cannot change that. There are facts in this life that we must accept. Unfortunately, transgender people are fed this lie that they can change their body to feel what they want, and then other people will follow suit. Their mental distress over sex and gender is accepted as normal, and they are not educated or treated for this anxiety or for this disorder. Again, instead of helping them with their mental or emotional issue, they are enabled and encouraged to make permanent changes to their bodies. Some of these are very devastating. They are not told to love the body they have and how it works, how to appreciate it for the wonderful thing it is. Jesus gives us a a little thoughtful lesson on this type of issue. He, he speaks of not being anxious and seeking the kingdom first. In Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 23, life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Now here, the Lord is talking about clothing and mundane things. Now our body 
while a part of this earth and a part of our life here, it is more than just clothing. It is an important part of us that we should cherish and not abuse because we are anxious or dissatisfied. So how do we help and respond to these people? They are deceived and believe things that are untrue. They trust a man-made society and media that pushes these lies. We cannot support the lies. We have to be true and honest. We cannot support the delusion, but we can love the person. We can call them what they really are, a man or a woman, a he or a she. Some may be offended by that, but we have to be honest and true. It may be difficult, and some of us may never even get a chance to speak to someone about these things. But if we do, we should approach it from love and understanding, remembering that their sin is like any other sin. And we have all sinned. We are no better. We are just saved by the blood of Jesus. The grace of God is what we want to share. We want to do that humbly and trust that God's word and his love will work if given a chance. Now, some of that does rely on the other person. So we do what we can. And I think what Paul tells Titus is appropriate for us in these days. If we look at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. So let's teach that the grace of God has appeared for all, and his name is Jesus. There is no other name or way in which we can be saved. Through him, we can live an honorable life while we wait for his return, that the Lord's blood washes us all clean of our sins, and that we are all his. And also, remember these things from the very next chapter in Titus. This is one of those times where Paul has these thoughts that all go together, and this chapter break kind of separates what he's talking about in chapter 2 from what he's talking about in chapter 3, but these things really go together. Remind them to be subject. This is Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit 
whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Remember that these things apply to us ourselves, that we should be humble because we too have been sinful, that we too were saved by grace and the blood of Jesus. We are not justified by what we have done, but by what God has done for all of us. By following these practices, we may be able to save some of these misguided people. The church needs to be a place of healing and restoration for those that are lost in society. They need our, our love and our help, not our judgment. So I hope this is helpful to you. Something to think about regarding these things. Hopefully, we can see these people as the hurting people they are. So I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.